0: 10.
1: I blinked, too shocked to move. The sharp, acrid scent of gunpowder filled the air. The blast still rang in my ears. Give me the android and a light, the cop snarled. I barely heard him. Marco, Cassie. I looked down into the crawlspace. They lay in a tangled, lifeless heap. Their dark blood pooled and inched across the hard-packed dirt floor, spreading in an ever-widening circle toward my feet. Thoughts skittered and blurred in my brain. I was pinned, trapped, backed up against the stairs to my right, Marco and Cassie to my left. I was caught between their bodies below and the human controller cop poised on the creaky slope of flooring in front of me. If I moved any way but forward, I'd crush Marco and Cassie. But if I moved forward, I'd be dead. Marco? Cassie? I shouted frantically. Nothing. If they were dead, this guy had killed them. And now he was going to kill me and take Lourdes, and the Yurks would brutalize the Chi, grow stronger with their technology, become even harder to beat. My muscles trembled and hate blackened my heart. He'd killed my best friend. He might even kill me. Fine, but he wouldn't get the chi, because I'd kill him first. Give me the android, Andalite, he repeated, raising his pistol and centering it on my already damaged forehead. He stepped forward, closing the gap between us to five feet. No, I don't think so, I said. I lifted my trunk, hoisting Lourdes high over my head. I hoped this nonviolent chi warrior would forgive me for using her as a bludgeon. Give it to me, and perhaps Visser Three will show you mercy, he snapped. You have no hope of escape, the cop continued, inching closer. Your friends are dead, and you're next. I didn't want to die, but better to die like a warrior. A stark black-and-white blur caught the corner of my eye. What? Suddenly, a tiny, furry, helpless-looking creature about the size of a house cat came waddling in. Harmless-looking, unless you knew what you were looking at. Unless you knew what that black-and-white striped tail meant. The skunk, axe, I assumed, darted between my huge feet and turned, aimed its butt at the controller, and fired without warning. The air filled with a thick, cloying stench of fresh, potent skunk. You think you know what skunks smell like because you've smelled dead ones on the highway? You know nothing about the sheer, awesome power of that chemical weapon disguised as a cute, fuzzy kitty. Ah! The cop shrieked, clapping both hands over his eyes and falling back a step. I almost fell with him. Axe hadn't hit me, but even a near miss is awful. No, Rachel! Axe commanded, scampering out of reach. Boomf! Crunch! Thwomp! My trunk! waited with the android, slammed down on the controller, buckling his knees and smashing him through the rotted floor to the crawlspace below. He twitched once and lay still. He was still breathing. I wasn't sure if I was glad about that. Tobias swept in through the shattered front window and pulled up sharply. Rachel, the animal control van just pulled up out front. Cassie's mother's with them and they have dart guns. We've got to get out of here. I have to get Marco and Cassie, I said, laying Lourdes on a hunk of stable flooring and dipping my trunk down into the crawlspace. Your head wound is bleeding profusely, Rachel, Axe said. You must demorph before you become too weak. In a minute, I said stubbornly, fishing around in the darkness until I located one of Marco's hairy gorilla legs. I curled my trunk around it and hauled him up and out of the crawlspace. He hung upside down from my trunk, his arms swinging slowly, his body battered and matted with blood and dirt. And then he opened his eyes.
0: Stop the ride,
1: he said weakly.
0: I want to get off.
1: Marco! I shouted, so startled I almost dropped him. I thought you were
0: dead. Yeah, well, sorry to disappoint you,
1: he mumbled. The ground around us trembled. Chunks of plaster rained down from the ceiling, and hairline fractures webbed what was left of the walls. I'll go out and distract animal control, Tobias said, skimming back through the broken front window. Hurry, Rachel, Axe warned as he waddled toward the front door. I believe this building is unstable. I swung Marco up over my head and dropped him on my broad, leathery back. Can you hold on up there? I asked At least until we get to the railroad
0: tracks Can King Kong climb the Empire State Building?
1: He retorted Grabbing handfuls of the thin, wiry hair on my head And gripping me with his knees Again, I reached into the crawl space And curled my trunk around Cassie's limp wolf body It was still warm Her heart was beating beneath her fur I went weak with relief Grab her! I said I held her up, my knees trembling, until Marco pulled her into his lap. I reached down for Lourdes. I could hardly see. One of my eyes was blinded by blood. The other was strangely blurred. I swung the android up onto my back.
0: Head for the nearest circus,
1: Marco said. We bailed.
0: Chapter 11
1: the heck with running for the railroad tracks, I yelled, plowing a swath through the floor toward the front door. Hang on tight, guys, because we're out of here. I lifted my trunk and blasted a high, enraged scream. Then, I barreled through the doorway, tearing out an elephant-sized chunk of wall. Whoomph Crack! Whoa, get out of the way! Move it! Back off, people! I need a clear shot! Back off! Chaos! People darting everywhere. Tobias, still dive-bombing with a gun in his talons, was trying to keep Cassie's mom from getting a clear shot with her dart gun. Cassie, your mommy is shooting at us, I said. I caught sight of Axe, planted squarely in the middle of the sidewalk, and scooped him up with my trunk as I thundered through the milling crowd. I believe this animal's defense mechanism will assist us in escaping, Axe said, lifting his tail. Go for it, I said, surging forward and holding Axe out like a weapon. Skunk! Oh no! It's spraying! Get out of the way! The mob parted. I heard them shouting. Saw their panicked bodies hurtling aside as I rocketed past. Creak! The warehouse is coming down! Tobias yelled. I'm not surprised! I called back, charging down the street. I spotted Jake up ahead and followed him. Where are we going? I don't know, he cried. I'm half blind. I suggest you split up, Lourdes said. There's a junkyard ahead on the left and an abandoned parking dock on the right. I'll scout them, Tobias said, flapping hard for altitude.
0: Uh, Rachel? Marco said. You're gonna have to pull over soon. I'm not as okay as I thought I was. Lourdes is slipping.
1: What about Cassie? I said anxiously, blinking in a futile effort to clear my eyes.
0: Her eyelids are twitching. I think she might be coming around.
1: Marco said breathlessly. The sound of sirens filled the air. Tires squealed as the cops gave chase. Swerve right, Jake. I'll guide you into the parking deck. Tobias called. Turn left, Rachel, Lourdes said. Follow the dead end street to the junkyard. I can be hidden there until the signal from the Pemolite ship is turned off. You know about that? I gasped as I stumbled over a broken slab of asphalt. Never mind, I forgot. Chinat. Rachel? Cassie called weakly. Demorph, Cassie! I cried, barreling desperately down the deserted street and up to the junkyard's padlocked metal gate. I held Axe safely out of the way under my front legs and, pressing my bleeding head against the gates, pushed until the lock sprung open. My head didn't hurt anymore. Nothing hurt. I was swaying now. It surprised me when my front leg simply buckled. I hit hard, but I wasn't feeling much anymore when my tusks dug into the dirt. The Chi, Cassie, and Marco must have tumbled from my back, but I was too confused to know. Confused, head spinning, eyes going dark, nothing made sense. I was sinking, sinking into a deep, deep, soft bed, and and someone kept yelling, "The more, Rachel, do it now Chapter 12. We were a shaken up bunch of animal morphing freaks by the time we at last made it home. A situation that should have been a walk in the park had turned into a mess. The Chi were grateful to us. Me, I was grateful that Tobias and Axe had shown up when they did. I was definitely not in the best of moods. I was feeling brittle and tired and mad at the world. Maybe it was just one too many battles. Or maybe it was because I'd been thinking about what we had to do next. Dive 15,000 feet down into the cold, dark ocean. Deeper than we'd ever gone before. Deeper than a dolphin or a hammerhead shark could dive. Up against an enemy that couldn't be fought. The deadly, crushing pressure. It worried me because I couldn't think of a way to beat it. And if we couldn't beat it, then it would beat us. Crush us. And all of it in a hurry. The time was counting down. Tick tock. We couldn't go to Cassie's barn. We couldn't risk her parents making her do anything. We were all looking at plenty of parental trouble, but we had no time. Better a week of being grounded compared to losing this battle. We assembled in the woods near Tobias's meadow. Tobias has informed me of the situation, Axe said. And he says the atmospheric pressure is deadly at the depth we must travel.
0: It is for us, Axe man, Marco said. We'll be crushed like a beer can on a frat boy's forehead. Fret boy? What is a frat
1: boy? Axe wondered. Forget it, Marco said.
0: It was only a joke.
1: Not really, I said. Ah, human humor, Axe replied, nodding. Not really, I repeated, giving Marco a look. I was teasing Marco, but the truth was, There was nothing funny about being crushed to death. The image of it bothered me. The feeling of being squeezed on every inch of my body, pushed inward, internal organs squishing, and... I don't know how we're going to do this, I blurted. None of our morphs are capable of diving that deep, and without one, we're talking about a kamikaze mission here. Kamikaze? Axe asked. It means suicide, Axe, I said. Death. To you and me. Saving the Chi isn't going to be a suicide mission, Jake said, glaring at me. You're overreacting, Rachel. My jaw dropped. Worrying about something as lethal as atmospheric pressure was overreacting? Wanting to get home in one piece instead of dying a stifling, airless death on the dark ocean floor was overreacting? Since when? If Cassie had said it, Jake wouldn't have told her she was overreacting. He would have agreed. You would have thought she was being sensibly cautious? Wasn't I allowed to be cautious? No, of course not, I thought bitterly. I'm supposed to be a reckless fighting machine, and fighting machines don't feel caution or fear. And even if they do, they don't advertise it. Well, excuse me. I guess I'll just shut up and follow orders, I said. Look, I'm sorry, Rachel, Jake said tiredly. You made a good point. In a bad way, okay? But nobody's going to die, because we're not going to die unless we find the right morph. Is there no Earth being that can dive down 15,000 feet? Axe asked. I don't think so, Cassie said, frowning. I mean, the only deep-sea creature that even comes close is a sperm whale, and their record is like 10 or 12,000 feet, I think. We could hijack a diving bell? Tobias offered lamely. You know, one of those little submarines?
0: Yeah, we could tell everyone we're going to find the Titanic, Morco said. We could see if Leo DiCaprio is still floating around down there. But what do we do if we get down there in a stolen sub? We still have to get inside this Pemelite ship.
1: It was just an idea, I said, defending Tobias. We each had at least one situation that still gave us nightmares. I had more than one. Sometimes they were all mixed up and fragmented, like shattered glass that just keeps on reflecting broken, jagged images. And we each had morphs we hated. Tobias' worst moments all dealt with water. Looks like a wet one, Tobias said glumly. I am so totally not interested in being Captain Nemo. Hello, Cassie cried suddenly. That's it. Voyage to the bottom of the sea. Huh. I think we may have a solution.
0: Hello, Fanowars, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode. I think the chapters were a little shorter this week. Sorry about that. But um, we're just going to keep on trucking. Um, We're finally getting... You know, I, I feel like every Animorphs book, the beginnings a little samey because you know, we have to go through the, you know, my name is so and so, can't tell you about where I am, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Here's what a Yerk is. And I get it is because of the way the publishing format for Scholastic works, but uh, it does make the beginnings of all these books a little samey and so we just cleared like that part, I think, and we're getting into the meat of the stories, so I'm excited to see where this goes. Still don't remember how they get their hands on a giant squid. Still puzzling that one out. Um, but in the meantime, I do have a message here, um, on the Gmail, that's audiomorphscast at com. this is from James, who wrote in, uh, one time long ago, uh, and is back. Says, hi again, still listening, and loving the new content. We're not at the point where your recordings of the series is past the point that I read up to as a kid. Over here in the UK, the later books never made it to my school library, so I'm a little frozen out, unfortunately but that does mean every new development is a proper surprise. Jake and Cassie finally got together? I screamed! The main reason I'm reaching out again is to tell you that your choice of Swedish House Mafia as the intro song for Book 26 has sent me and my friends on an early 2010s EDM nostalgia wagon like no other. I'd not thought about that song in years, and ever since I listened to that episode, I've had early Avicii, Nero, Flux Pavilion, et al. on constant loop, what an incredible throwback. Hope you're doing well. Signed James. Thank you so much for writing in, James. I'm glad you're still liking the stuff. Uh, I, I You actually replied to uh, an email chain, so I, I see that originally you said you only listened to the supercuts. I don't know if that's still true. I don't know if you'll hear this. Oh, well. Um, but thank you for writing in. Um, excited for you that you, you get to experience um, all the twists and turns of later Animorphs uh, for the first time here. That's very cool. And actually, the Swedish House Mafia was from a list, uh, which I guess I can remind any, anyone who, uh, I guess listen to the Supercast up to now, but maybe has switch to weekly. Um, I do take song suggestions. If you have a song you think, uh, fits, fits the vibe or whatever, or mentions an animal, I think that was my original criteria. We've since moved, since moved on from that, but, um, yeah, send me some music. Uh... And and if I think if it's the vibe, I'll use it. Yeah. Uh, Swedish House Mafia was a suggestion. I don't remember who did it. It was someone super early on. I've been sitting on that one. Uh, this one finally felt right to use, uh, so it got plugged in. Some of them are mine, um, but a lot of them are are things people have suggested to me. So if you've if anyone's got um some cool music they think would work, uh, send it my way. I can't promise that I'll use it, but uh, I do appreciate it. And how can you send that? We can send it the aforementioned Gmail, but you can also do that on Tumblr. That's audiomorphcast.tumblr.com. You can do it through my website uh, contact form. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse, like Apocalypse with the D in the middle. Uh, and you can also tweet at me, I guess. Uh, that that Twitter, speaking of, on this email chain that dates back to 2020. Uh I mentioned that I don't have an email, uh, a Twitter account. Oh, how the times have changed. Am I right? Now we have a Twitter account in 2023. It's at AudioMorphs, and you can tweet me there. Um, that's also where you should check if I'm ever late posting. Uh, I'll probably have uh, some sort of explanation there. That, that would be the plan, at least. Um, other than that, I don't think I have too much to say. Uh, rate and review me on Apple Podcasts, I guess, if you want. You know, tell tell your friends and family. Um, But other than that, I guess I'll I'll just see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.